1: Well, everybody is talking about the very, very high-profile case, of course, of Daniel Penny. This is the guy, the former Marine, who was on the subway, of course, with Jordan Neely. And in the last few hours, there was a big, big protest that took place, sort of both sides of the aisle, if you will, That took place in Manhattan in support of Daniel Penny. And then on the other side, the counter protesters, so much so that the counter protesters interrupted the protest of those who were there showing support for the Marine. You can just tell that things are getting so emotional. And also, by the way, feel free. People are still chiming in on the interview uh, the New York Post just did a story about the grilling that they say I gave to Andrew Cuomo. So feel free to also call on that because there is still a lot of emotion and a lot of comments about that. That is, of course, the interview that we did yesterday, the live exclusive with the former New York governor, Andrew Cuomo. Meantime, today we are talking also, as we're mentioning, about Daniel Penny and what is ahead for him and the legal options and just where the case is going from here, his defense fund, by the way, has gotten the last one I saw it was like two point eight million dollars. A ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. People around the country are coming in and saying that this Marine needs our support. And it's an interesting case because more people are coming forward who were on the train, who are also saying what they saw uh, was a guy who was totally out of control. They're talking about Jordan Neely. They say that he was screaming, he was shouting. He was saying, I'm going to kill you, mother blanks. I mean, some really strong, scary rhetoric. And crime is such a huge issue, sadly, in New York this day. Um, You know, people are afraid. They are scared and they are nervous. And, in fact, later on in the hour, I just finished a podcast with Doug Burns, former federal prosecutor Doug Burns, and he is... Uh, just so great on legal issues and was talking about all the different layers that come into play. One of the things that he brought up in the case of Daniel Penny, who, of course, now is charged with manslaughter, second degree manslaughter for the death of Jordan Neely. Well, he said what will come into play, obviously, are the witness testimony. All these people like the woman who says that she overheard Jordan Neely saying, I'm going to kill you, mother blanks. Uh, That's scary, certainly, especially with the crime on New York City subways and in New York in general. So that will come into play. But he also said there will also be experts uh, that will be called in if this goes to especially a trial where they would indeed kind of talk about, um, okay, you put somebody in a chokehold, but to stop them, if you're scared, But how long should you put them in the chokehold? Did it go beyond a point where there were people who said, stop it, stop it, stop it? We don't know too much about those kind of details. So it was kind of interesting because he said those kind of things you could say, yeah, I put somebody in a chokehold to stop and to basically halt them and to cease them. But then on the other hand, there is a certain point where it could be considered excessive force. So those kind of experts, people who saw things, witnesses, testimony as to how long you're trained as a Marine. but well, there's a lot of fascinating points here in the middle of all of this um, that will still be discussed and we're still waiting, which is amazing on the toxicology to see were there any drugs in Jordan Neely's system. Was he high on something? was there something imbalance in, in his system? It would be interesting something that was overwhelming his system. We know that he had K2 um, in the past. That is an opioid synthetic that creates hallucinations. So could that have been in a system? We don't know. Um, There's a number of things. Um, And also the autopsy. We know for a fact um, that, you know, the medical examiner said it was compression on the neck. And we know that he deemed it a homicide. But homicide just means that the person died at the expense of somebody else, that somebody else created that. Again, that doesn't explain self-defense. We all sort of suspected that the chokehold had something to do with it. But could there be something else? Could there have been some other health issue in his system that could have contributed? Where do you see this case going? And are you surprised how emotional and how heated things are? Uh, We know that the grand jury was meeting this week. um, And we suspect that it will go to the grand jury this week. Technically, that grand jury could get it now. They also, by the way, potentially could go up to six months That was amazing. Uh, Doug Burns was saying they have literally six months until they could actually come back with charges. Because Alvin Bragg, remember, did the complaint. And he kind of circumvented the whole system. Surprise, 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 right, with Alvin Bragg. He circumvented the system and sent it right uh, to where he would be able to get the jurisdiction um, and get the claim of, you know, second-degree manslaughter. What he was originally going to do according to reports, was send it, remember, directly to the grand jury and have them decide. And by the way, I think it's no mistake, because if it does eventually go to the grand jury, say it goes to the grand jury in, you know, a week or two or in two or three months from now, if it goes to a grand jury and the grand jury comes back and says, no, nope, you know what, we decided not to press any charges. Maybe there were people that were on the train uh, that have been on trains, rather couldn't be related to this case, but people that potentially have been on trains in New York City, which most people have at some point, or they've seen the headlines, and they just said, you know, we just can't go after this guy. We don't feel like it's appropriate. We don't think we can do it. Well, if that happens, right, and then they come back and say no true bill, no charges, no this, well, then if that's the case, maybe Alvin Bragg knows it's going to end up there, and he suspects – that by having it go to a grand jury later, after a period of time wears off, maybe people tempers will be a little more calm. People's emotions won't be as high. And maybe he's also hoping at that point also, by the way, potentially, if they come back and say, yep, forget it. We're not going to go after him. We're not going to charge him. Uh Well, then he could say, well, I went for it and the grand jury didn't. So it sort of gives him cover, too. So there's a lot of like layers to this case that are also deeply, deeply political. And by the way, uh, emotions are certainly running high. As I mentioned, uh, big, big protests that took place in New York City. And a number of individuals were also at this protest today because a lot of people came on out to show their support. Um, the event was organized by Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman and he brought a whole bunch of veterans. He also brought New York City Councilwoman Vicki Paladino. All of these folks saying that the Marine was there to do his job. Basically, he was there to support, you know, and protect and defend everybody on that train. That he is a good Samaritan who should now not be punished. What are your thoughts, everybody? And do you think that at the end of the day... This good Samaritan will not be charged. I think there's a good chance he will not be charged. I think those eyewitnesses, the more and more I hear, I think he will not be charged. I mean, maybe there's some other lesser degree of something at some point, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it gets thrown out to a grand jury. And if it goes to trial, you can bet, I think, a jury of his peers, and especially, I think, a grand jury of his peers, which they typically are, and they would be in New York. Normally, I'd say no when you're dealing with a grand jury and dealing with all the emotions right now in a New York grand jury. We've talked about it with the Trump case, with the Trump case. As soon as Bragg you know, said, I'm going after her, I was like, oh, he's going to send it to a grand jury because the grand jury is going to come back. Trump guilty. Don't even worry what the charges are. Don't no, no, no. Let's if it's Trump. Orange man bad. Who's that Stan who calls in? It's orange man bad or Teddy. Orange man bad. Right. No problem. Guilty, guilty. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't even tell you what the case is. Oh, don't worry about it. Nothing to worry about. But in this particular case, I think it's different just because everybody knows what it's like to be on the subway. We all know how scary it is. There have been other cases of late where a woman got pushed into the side of the subway and is dealing with some serious issues. So I think because this really hits so close to home and there's so many emotions and it's so raw and it's so real and it's something we're all facing That I think if it actually goes to a grand jury or a jury, I, I would be stunned that they come back. I mean, a grand jury, you can kind of sometimes slant the case a little bit. But I would think that Daniel Penny himself, if I were him, I would go before the grand jury. Just get it thrown out. You don't want this to drag out for months or years, even after the end of the day, you get exonerated. But I would go before them because everything I've heard so far seems to show that he was just doing a good job, that he was just trying to defend people. And if that's the case, go out there and show the grand jury. And the grand jury may say, you know what? We can't in good conscience indict this guy. We don't think it's correct to actually go forward. We just think we're going to hold off. Uh Thank you, Alvin Bragg. Good luck next time. We're not going to Jose Alba him. Uh, you know, that's what I can see them going. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is by the way this is Bruce Blakeman again the Nassau County New York executive and he was one who organized this event today he also by the way got pulled away when suddenly protesters on the other side came after him but here he is talking about Daniel Penny the marine because the marine is from Long Island he's from his area and that's why he felt it was important to stand up for the marine take a listen
2: Good Samaritans should be encouraged Good Samaritans should be an important part of the fabric of our community. But here we have Daniel Penny, a good Samaritan, who's being prosecuted for coming to the aid of his fellow Americans who were riding the subway in a peaceful
1: manner. And there they were going to work. Uh, and he was actually coming from architecture class, uh, Daniel Neely, Daniel Penny. Forgive me, Daniel Penny. And so there's so many factors here. It wasn't like he was, like, out for a fight. He was on his way, you know, to or fro architecture class. So it's not like, you know, he's a former Marine. So far we've heard his record was a good one in the Marines and the military service. And he said, I was just there to defend everybody. And now Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman says, He's trying to defend justice. Take a listen. The police can't be
2: everywhere all the time. So we have to depend on good people, on people of courage, on good Samaritans. And that's what Daniel Penny was. We're calling on Alvin Bragg to stop this senseless prosecution of a good Samaritan.
1: And let's see if he does. I don't see him doing it. I see him sending it again to the grand jury. And then I see the grand jury either coming back and saying, no way. Uh, But you never know. In New York, you never know. But if anyone has ever been near a subway track, they're going to say, let's let this Marine and give him a break. And let's say maybe thank you for being there. We interviewed, remember, it wasn't that long ago, we talked to Elizabeth Gomes. And that was the woman who brutally was beaten by another repeat offender. Who she was at five thirty in the morning, she was getting off the train, and this repeat offender came over to her and started punching her and kicking her so much so that she lost vision in one of her eyes. She still can't see to this day in one of her eyes. She was an airport worker, and this person just brutalized her. And it turned out, she said during the interview, that this person had a history, and in fact, I think had to killed or tried to kill, I believe killed uh, the ex uh, fiance you know, uh, of his prior to, you know, and he had been out and out and out on all these other different charges prior to that moment when he gave her a beat down. We saw it on the video. The video went viral. It's just horrific to see. But it shows what people go through over and over and over again. And for those reasons, you know, there are people who have either lived it or have seen the headlines that they say, you know what, we're going to give this Marine the benefit of the doubt. And also, if you see what other people are saying on the train, it'd be different if they were saying, well, no, he was saying this or or saying something provocative to the homeless guy. We haven't heard that yet. We've only heard so much that he stood up and was trying to protect other people. And that's what other people believe as well. So for all of those reasons, that's why I think that at the end of the day, he will be found not guilty or found not charged by a grand jury. It may get stopped before it even goes to a jury. Where do you think it's going, everybody? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and I'll take your calls when we come back.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: are talking, of course, about the case of Daniel Penny, that is the former Marine who was on the F train when suddenly a homeless man started screaming and ranting and shouting on the train, throwing things and making threats to other passengers. Now, today, uh, a rallying cry in support of him, uh, which took place in Manhattan, but also a dueling rally not too far away. Uh, from those people who are supporting the homeless man who died after being put in the chokehold by Daniel Penny. And they were carrying signs saying justice for Jordan Neely and also shouting to the group, because most of them from Long Island, because that's where Daniel Penny is from. They did it in Manhattan. Uh, but the group's shouting, go back to Long Island, uh, basically go back where you came from. And it just shows that emotions are running high in this case. one 800 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. let us go to Joe. Line one in Jericho. Joe, your thoughts.
3: Freedom, my love. I'm going to hit you with some uh, rapid fire, and then it's usually you'll willingly respond. First of all, bravo, bravissimo with the Cavone, the king of the Cavone, Cuomo yesterday. And you are a sweetheart. You, you brought up the, one of the questions I asked to grill him that he's a cop-killer coddler, that, and he wouldn't even answer it, and he wouldn't even address it, but you brought it up, and bravo, bravissimo, as usual, you're the best.
1: Well, thank now, you. Also- and, Joe, and, Joe, by the way, my whole objective was to be fair, uh, but also to hold him to the fire because he certainly needed to answer a lot of questions. And the whole issue, as you brought up about police, and I remembered when you brought it up and, and it obviously stayed with me. And I also thought so much because he was talking about how it's important that we back police. It's important we do that. Um, and, and you saw the way I brought it up with them. I said, well, wait, how do you reconcile that with at one point, which he did? And he conceded, he said this, and he called, uh, INS, uh, ICE at the time, uh, thugs. And then he also said, uh, I said, well, wait a minute. You also, uh, your last act was pardoning a convicted cop killer. So, you know, with the Brinks robbery. So, you know, some of these things don't really square because he was talking about, oh, well, there needs to be better relations with police and all these other things, you know, and, and we need to be fair. And then he also kind of danced around the whole bail reform thing, too, which was another bobbing and weaving. But there was a lot of bobbing and weaving. But go ahead, Joe.
3: And I'll tell you something else, Rita. He and Descumio the de Blasio, real name Warren Willem, where he doesn't deserve an Italian name, gave his wife a million One billion two hundred fifty million to help the homeless, and she pocketed the money. But that's another story. Yep, and we just have a few seconds.
1: Go ahead, quick, Joe.
3: The the bottom line is this: after all is said and done, the the life in New York is becoming meaningless. And uh, Vito Fasella today didn't mention the thirteen-year-old kid shot and died in Stapleton in Staten Island. And the Archbishop wasn't there. The mayor wasn't there because I don't believe they even care.
1: Keep. Wow, Joe. Thank you, Joe. I just heard you saying how much I make a difference to the veterans. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. And you know what? You're right. Uh, Everybody should have been out there to support. My goodness, you said a 13-year-old. That is heartbreaking. Joe, we love you. Thank you for the nice words. And uh, we're here about putting all sides on. That's the most important thing. We're going to continue.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Presents Back the Blue.
1: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby show, a powerful, powerful story coming from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I love Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I've been there many times. I bet all the presidential candidates love Cedar Rapids, Iowa, too, as well. Of course, that's the first stop with the Iowa caucus, but a woman there is in the hospital now but is said to be doing okay after being rescued from a burning apartment which took place uh, the fire on Wednesday morning police from Cedar Rapids were responding to a call when they saw smoke coming from an apartment building around 4 a.m. now the smoke was coming from the second floor of the apartment and it became quickly engulfed in flames police heroically went inside and they found an unconscious woman in a heavily smoke-filled apartment. They successfully rescued her, and she was taken to the hospital for treatment. Firefighters then arrived on the scene. They discovered, of course, a big blaze in the house, especially starting from the bedroom. They quickly put it out. The woman is said to be doing okay and recovering in the hospital, and the cause of the blaze is under investigation. But it's a great reminder of how heroic and great our law enforcement is, again, running towards the flames And saving, undoubtedly, that woman's life. That's why I always love doing this segment every night here on the show, because it is so important that we always back our men and women in blue. And we are talking, of course, about the former Marine, Daniel Penny, a big protest that took place today. And one was a rally. Uh, It was for Daniel Penny. That's the Marine, of course, who put Jordan Neely, the homeless man, in the chokehold. And then there was a counter rally not that far away from other groups that actually were getting out of hand, and they started shouting and screaming at the people, many of them from Long Island who came in, because that is, of course, again, where Daniel Penny's from. But a lot of them had to actually be escorted out. And, in fact, uh Bruce Blakeman, he is a Nassau County executive. He was sort of ushered out suddenly when counter protesters clashed with supporters of the former Marine. And so they were rushing these officials, like, out of the way because they just thought things were just getting really heated and really violent. That's actually really scary because, remember, when this case first happened and the death happened, remember, on May 1st, there started to be protests almost days later. Remember, they stopped the subway trains. They blocked bridges, the protesters that were upset about the death of Jordan Neely. And his death is terrible. It's tragic. It's horrible what happened to him. Uh, and in many ways he obviously desperately needed help, but he also needed to be behind bars because he was a danger to other people. He had 40 prior arrests, including one. uh, It was a kidnapping. There were reports of a kidnapping of a 7-year-old child, and there's also reports of a 66-year-old woman who says that she got punched in the face by him. So this was someone who had a violent past, but also had a very troubled and tragic past, too, and desperately needed help. It's a story, of course, of what We should have done to help the mentally ill in New York, but you can't have them roaming around and threatening people on the subway either. But listen today this is the anti Marine protesters, and this is what they were chanting and shouting about Daniel Penny at the protest, trying to drown out those who were supporting the Marine. Listen to this. What do we want? Penny in jail. They want to see murder charges. Remember, he's been charged with second degree manslaughter, but they want to see it upped to murder. And by the way, most of the different layers of manslaughter are usually reckless endangerment, unintentional Uh murder usually has to show the element of premeditation. So you have to make the case. Obviously, prosecutors didn't go there because they didn't feel they had that. Um, by all accounts, and even by his own account. He says it was self-defense. He also says that there was clearly no intent. He didn't go on the subway intending to, like, choke somebody that day. He went on the subway because he was to and fro from classes and wasn't expecting. He just felt he had to step in to protect people on the train. So I don't think they'd ever get a murder conviction under any terms, but they want that. They want to see him locked behind bars for the rest of his life. And this is what Bruce Blakeman, again, this is the guy who was skirted off because protesters were just getting so passionate and so tense about it. And he says there needs to be something going on here because he feels that Alvin Bragg, by charging the Marine and jumping the gun and not even waiting to see what a grand jury of his peers would do, that Alvin Bragg just clearly has it in for this guy and is using a Jose Alba form of charging. Take a listen.
2: We need a district attorney in Manhattan that upholds the law, that values law-abiding citizens
1: over criminals. And we sure do, as opposed to those who go after a Marine and those who go after people like Jose Alba. Well, here is Vicky Palladino. Uh, she is a New York City Councilwoman, a Republican. And she said, yeah, you know what? She absolutely stands by Daniel Penny." She says he needs our support. He needs our appreciation. She said police in general and good citizens in general need our support. But she also said, yeah, it's a, it's a tragic situation. No doubt because Jordan Neely clearly had a track record, 40 prior arrests, 40 plus. Take a listen.
4: The situation is certainly a sad one for all involved. It's sad for Mr. Neely who has been failed by the system that
2: it should have gotten him off the street and gotten him the mental services that he deserved and desperately needed. It's sad for all New Yorkers who are
4: continuously victimized by those like Mr. Neely. It's sad for Mr. Penny, who took the action to protect the
1: people who were threatened on the train that day. Sad all the way around. But where do you see it going? It's tragic, but come on. Does that mean that Daniel Penny should spend the rest of his life behind bars? One 9222 One 9222 four eight nine two two. Let's go to Stan, who's calling in line six. Stan, how you feeling first off, my okay, friend? Okay, let's
5: get off me. Let's go No, I'm no, really, no, oh, no, no. I'm okay. Let's go off it. Now. Are you sure? Yeah, let's Stan, move on. Wow! All right, here we go. You're can't, not going to like me. Tonight. All right, but Number no. One.
1: Can I say uh, one thing before yes, you please. get started? We love you. I have people uh, who say uh, to me all the time, how's Stan doing?" So uh, I'm, hey, glad. I'm doing good. But, you got that uh, fighting spirit? You that gonna means gonna you're like back. Me
5: too long. All right, let's go to uh, this guy. <laughs> he deserves to get off. I mean, the Marine. He's not guilty of it. I mean, come on. This is if the grand jury doesn't do anything, which I hope they don't, they'll let him go. In a court case, the jurors will find him not guilty. But I'm not what going to talk about. I'm going off topic. Because I'm going to talk about, and I'm here to defend Andrew Cuomo. I'm here to defend him, not on everything, but on last yesterday's uh, interview with him. I'm sorry, Rita, it was ten zero Andrew Cuomo.
1: How was that? I, well, uh, Rita, I, well, it on, was one of the worst. On, hang little, on, wait before a you minute, hang all this, on, I had all day last no, time. no, no, no. You called in, so let's do. Let's go back to old times, right, Stan? That's how I know you're doing well, which I love. Um, first off, um, on the Daniel Penny. Um, I agree. I don't think he first of all, I don't think he should have been charged, but and I think he will get off. And on the Andrew Cuomo, my objective is to be fair. It, it it's to be fair. I don't look at it like, you know, like a, a sparring match. Um I looked at it as to hold him to account where he was bobbing and weaving. There's no doubt about it on a number of topics. Um but also to let him also have a say um, and also to challenge him where I felt like it needed to be challenged from a common sense perspective, and from also some of the documentation and information that's out there, but also to hear his thoughts and also get some answers, hopefully for family members who lost loved ones, get his answers for New Yorkers who care to hear from him. So, so I didn't look at it like a, a boxing match, but uh, but go ahead if you think um, what did you think it was? Uh, it wasn't a uh, a Vander Holyfield Tyson match. So go ahead.
5: Look, you wanted him to do say certain things that he wasn't gonna say. And to sum up many of it, I agreed with what he said. And here's the points that I think were important. One, to the people that called up here, you know? Governor Cosby, Governor this, all of these people were not governor. He was governor under this situation. It was the worst. There is no easy way out of it. He was the worst. And here's the second thing, okay? Uh, as far as I'm concerned... Wait, you're saying he's the worst? No, I didn't say that. You're saying their the situation that. was the worst. Okay, this I mean, is, that's the, why I'm this getting this clarification. Nightmare of nightmares. Okay, it
1: was bad for everybody, absolutely. absolutely.
5: But most of the people who called in, okay, I listened to that. I, I couldn't get in because 99% of who were calling were, were were telling them off and cursing them. The so people who lost relatives have a right to ask the questions and know an answer. Absolutely Undeniably. But they got no right to judge him. You can't judge this guy considering the situation he was in. You don't know what he went through. Number three, and just as important, where were these people? All of them. I mean, I, I, I feel terrible for these people, Lord. Did anybody, and maybe you can ask, because I don't think, maybe someday where were these people when they were put in a nursing home? Did any family members want to take them into their house and not put them in, knowing what was oh, going on? Oh, Stan, Wait
1: Stan, a minute. Stan, Nobody, no, did. no, Nobody you're like, did. hang on two seconds. Wait a minute. First of all, you are like, you're, I don't know how many people you want to insult in one call, but you've done a good job, all right? Um right? I'll give you credit for that. Um All right, first off, obviously, they do have a right to judge him. And, and, and I will 1000% defend the family members because there was one thing, and this is interesting. I, you know, you brought this up in the call. He actually said, yeah, my father, we all know his father was a, an amazing guy, uh, Mario Cuomo, and his father passed away a number of years ago. Um, and he said, you know, I understand why the people feel, you know, feel anger. I felt angry after, after my father passed away, right? When my father passed away. He said, you know, I was mad at the doctors. He said, you know, there was anger, right? I was angry at the doctors. And so I understand why they're angry. And I was waiting for the moment and, and, and I'm, and I'm glad you brought this up, Stan. I was waiting for the moment at that moment. I thought, okay, maybe he's going to turn. I, I always wait to see and give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Let's see. Maybe he'll say, and I feel so bad for these family members and I feel like it's, it's really terrible what happened to them. And I pray for them or I this or that. And he said, but they have no right to be mad at me. You know, I, and and so I I find if, regardless, the facts are a lot of people died in nursing homes. And Stan, you heard what I said to him. I'm not a doctor, nor is he. But guess what? I, you don't need a rocket uh, science degree to figure out that you don't put elderly back into nursing homes who have COVID Read positive up. results. And Read. again, and again, hang on, Stan. Hold on a second. I'll let you speak. In this case... He clearly, by the way, yes, he tries to say it's the health department, it's this, it's that. And I'm sure there were a lot of people involved in the decision. But what I found interesting, I wanted to find at some point, maybe at first there were a lot of things coming at you, but maybe at some point you should have said, Maybe we should pull them out of there or find other locations. Now, he said there were no other locations. I brought up the USS Comfort. I brought up the Javits. I brought up Central Park because Good Samaritans, uh, you know, you know, the, uh, Franklin Graham had his location there. I mean, there, there are a number of other locations that could conceivable. Um, but I had him lay it out and I, and I thought it was some of the things he said were interesting, but I also think he still left a lot of questions that were not answered. And I do think family members have a right to ask the questions 1,000%. And I think they still feel like there are unanswered questions because I still feel like he didn't answer all the questions fully, which is why I kept coming back at him. And I would have liked to have heard him say a little bit more to the family members, I think a little more contrition just even from a contrician. human human perspective Stan i'm not even talking, talking i'm not talking about hang on one second you're missing what, that? what are you what contrition contrition you is in? what contr-
5: are you talking about
1: i'm talking about you were leader of the state and it would have been nice i would have loved for him i think it would have served him to he i asked him over and over again is there anything you regret and and he said basically no you know what and and i don't know of anybody i go through every single day And I can tell you there's a couple of different things maybe I would have done differently in the last two or three hours. You know, he couldn't find anything he did absolutely wrong through the whole pandemic. And there were so many people who died and he couldn't basically really find one thing. That, that to me is a little perplexing. That's a nice way to put that. Go ahead, Stan.
5: Uh, you're nitpicking on that too. Oh
1: no, I'm not nitpicking. I'm being, I'm being extremely, I'm being generous, but go uh, ahead. I don't think
5: so. Let's, let's look at it this way. Okay. Every day. He was on the radio guiding us along in this situation while everybody was in their apartments and houses, scared to death. He was there 24 hours a day. Now, is he a perfect human being? Of course not. Did he make mistakes? Yes. But no, nope, I think he handled it exactly as it needed to be handled. Could he have done things? Yeah. Yeah. But this, the, I heard people say he's a murderer. He ain't no murderer. COVID was the murderer. It killed the people in the nursing homes. It killed the people in the streets. It killed them in the, in the hallways. It was the murderer. He did the best he could do under the situation. And here's the other thing. Many people said he's arrogant. He, he, you know, He's obstinate. That's what got him elected in the first place, ladies and gentlemen. You voted for him because of that. So let's understand something. He's a human being, and he made mistakes. But in the end, I think he did a decent job considering those people— that lost their family, my deepest sympathy on that.
1: Well, I, well, Stan, I just heard a lot more contrition from you than I heard from no. Andrew Cuomo. But so so maybe you can to, represent him and need, speak it.
5: He doesn't need to apologize. I mean it. Well, Stan, he was in charge. He said, I'm in charge. I was responsible. But let I me did move everything. on. He said that.
1: But let me
0: move on.
1: You know, well, Stan, well, what Stan, supposed Stan, to do? Stan, I'm not going to argue ahead. with you, but but I will say to you, um, I'm sure he's happy that he has, uh, you know, at least one person saying nice things about him after the interview. Hey, well, well, one <laughs> quick
5: thing, one quick thing. The other thing with the women, I didn't buy that for a minute. He was good at saying, you know, uh, uh, sexual harassment and, you know, this the other thing. And he said, you know, not one. Oh, case so Wait, so was wait brought a minute. Now hang I'm on a second. No, Stay no. I, I, I don't like So it.
1: wait a minute. So let me just get this straight. Um, that part yeah. i didn't bother. Oh, okay. So, so you believe he harassed eleven women, you or at least harassed some of them? You heard what I said I mean, on that I, case. I, I,
5: look, you know what I'm saying. Bill Clinton was had a court case and he had to settle. Donald Trump just settled. This guy wasn't brought to trial for anything. It's unbelievable. So I'm saying he had to do. He then he also said he if he insulted and, and anybody, by the way, by the he way, he apologized. He, he
1: claimed he claimed he didn't do anything. Yeah, but, right. But right. but Stan. I'm glad at least you and I agree on that well, because, I, because I, I didn't like buy said that all the 11 way. women making it yeah. up. I mean, come on, Stan. Well,
5: why didn't the why didn't the uh, the district att- – tell me, why didn't the district attorneys, if they had it and it was solid, why didn't they take him or indict them? Well, None well, of them did. How do you
1: explain it? You heard what I said. I'll give you a classic example, and, and I got to move on because we do have a lot of callers, Stan, but I love hearing you spar again because that makes me happy that you're doing well. Um, one of the cases that I brought up with him was a case of David Suarez, and that is the case in upstate New York. And he said, I found the woman credible and cooperative. That was Brittany Camisso. That was a woman who claims, again, and Cuomo says it didn't happen, but she says, uh, that he put her hand up his shirt, up her shirt, um, and grabbed her breast. So that's a little more than a, a peck on the cheek, right? Or, or, uh, open the door or something or whatever, or a pat on the back, you know? Um, but, she um so she says that's what happened in that case. And the D.A. in that case said, although I found her credible and cooperative, I still didn't know if I had enough to go to trial. Because guess what? It was probably a he said, she said. And that's very hard to prove. And at the time, you know, and you have a governor or a former governor. uh, It's still very hard to go forward with a case like, like that. that. And again and again, I, in fairness, I wasn't there. Uh, You know, you weren't there. Um. So it it is a he said, she said. And those cases are hard to prove. But you know, it's still hard to believe that eleven women are making it up. I stand. I gotta go. But I love you, and I'm glad you're sparring. I disagree. Uh, with you thinking that uh, the family members can't judge them. I think they have the right to make any judgment they want. They lost uh people that are irreplaceable in their lives. And something you can't put money on, you can't put anything on. So we're, we're thoughts and prayers are with them. But I also think it's important to have Cuomo have his say too. 1-800-848-9222. The
0: Rita Cosby Show.
1: The next hour, by the way, we are also going to talk about Ron DeSanctimonious, as Donald Trump calls him, now entering the presidential race, making an announcement on Twitter uh, via Elon Musk. What does that mean to the GOP race? And how do you see it? It's really going to be gloves off. I mean, if Stan thought it was a bit of gloves off, if you will, uh, with Andrew Cuomo Imagine what it's going to be like with Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. It is going to be downright ugly. It already has gotten really nasty, really heated. Um, But Trump is so far ahead right now in the polls. But remember, uh DeSantis just threw his name in a little bit ago. So how does that change the dynamics of the race? And do you think that anybody can beat Donald Trump on the GOP side? We're going to be taking your calls about that and also continue to talk about crime in New York and other big cities. And, of course, so much focus now as we're talking about all these protests that are taking place in support of Daniel Penny. Uh, this is the Marine. And then on the other side of people who say, shame on Daniel Penny. Uh, he has raised, though, a whopping uh, over $202.8 million dollars his defense fund. He's got a Gibson Go defense fund that people around the country have been contributing to uh just because they feel so supportive and so frustrated by what has happened and the fact that he has been charged. They are downright angry. So coming up after the break, everybody, I'll continue your calls. What did you make of the protest today and the counter protesters? And also we'll be talking about Ron DeSantis now The key is, before he wants to get the GOP nomination, he's got to go through Trump. Can he go through Trump, or is he just trump light? What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222, and we'll be talking about the Marine after the break.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Coming up later in this hour, everybody is talking about the fact that Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, is now officially in the race for president. Uh, I don't think it's going to be such an easy ride for him. I'm a little surprised he still decided to go into the race. Do you think he has a chance? Before I say even Biden, he's got to go through the wall that is Donald Trump. And that, as we saw in 2016, remember, it was all those candidates there during the debate. I covered those debates. And it was like, whoa. You know, when you see all those different debates and the way he, like, seared through Jeb Bush and the way he seared through also Ted Cruz and all those others, it was like, whoa. Uh, And you could tell he is angry at Ron DeSantis that he has thrown his name in. So it's not going to be easy for the guy that Donald Trump calls Ron Desanctimonious, uh, but here his his campaign announcement. He made the announcement, by the way, on Twitter with Elon Musk. And take a listen to the announcement.
6: Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet, and the president flounders. But decline is a choice. Success is attainable, and freedom is worth fighting for. Riding the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, and integrity to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation, and common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, we prove that it can be done, We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback.
1: Sounds pretty good. I mean, I like the great American comeback. I like all of that stuff. Uh, But if I'm Ron DeSantis, he still has a long way to go. He's definitely the challenger to Trump right now in the polls, as you see. But it's a lifetime in politics. And at this point, he is still in different polls, 20, 30 points behind Donald Trump. So do you think he can again get through Donald Trump, which is going to be very tough in the primary, we're going to talk about that and also take your calls, everybody. Meantime, of course, crime is going to be a big issue uh, in this presidential season. There is no doubt that migration, uh, you know, the immigration, the migrants coming to New York and Texas and all over the country. Uh, there's a lot of topics that are definitely on the ballot. Uh The war in Ukraine. There's a lot of things that people are discussing and very much. Uh, anybody who's a candidate is going to be talking about crime. I mean, around the country, people are deeply, deeply concerned about crime. And that is certainly a case in New York City. The transit crime is up 53 percent. That is a huge, huge number. And it's no surprise because people are just downright worried. They are downright scared and they are downright concerned, as we know. Uh, that there have just been a whole bunch of different cases of late. I mean, there was another case, by the way, that took place just recently. It was a woman who was shoved against the side of a moving train by a stranger and she was left paralyzed. This was in an unprovoked attack. This took place earlier this week and the assault on this woman. She's a 35 year old woman at the station, uh, basically right there, uh, in, you know, in middle of New York. Uh, it just underscores how dangerous this situation is. Um, you know, she was there on her way to work around six in the morning when her attacker, this guy suddenly out of blue, just pushes her head against a departing subway car. It was at the Lexington Avenue and 63rd Station and Upper East Side. She was instantly paralyzed from the push, from the neck down. And boy, is she lucky to be alive. I mean, this is just an unbelievable story. Uh, the victim, apparently, according to people who were there, hit the train and her face and head rolling alongside it. Can you imagine? Uh, she then crashed to the platform where she was instantly paralyzed. I mean, this is just a heartbreaking story. And her husband, by the way, coming out and saying, you know, that they at first they were they thought they were safe in New York and they don't feel that way whatsoever at all. Um, and now they are downright scared and his wife instantly paralyzed. I mean, what a heartbreaking story. It just shows how dangerous things are. And it's no wonder when people were on the train in the case of Jordan Neely, the homeless guy with a huge, huge rap sheet. And he started screaming and throwing things and threatening, uh, I want to kill a mother blank. I don't care if I spend the rest of my life in jail. Those kind of things. You can understand why people are a little worried. When they see somebody screaming and ranting and doing that and getting in people's faces and throwing things, that is downright scary. And yet today, uh, while there was a rally in support of the Marine who put him in a chokehold, and again, I don't believe he intended in any shape or form to kill the homeless guy. The Marine says he was trying to do it to defend other people on the train. He was worried what was going to happen, how things could get out of hand much more than they already were. Um. Well, here is what the counter protesters did. There was a rally in downtown New York. And so here's this peaceful rally. They're talking about support, saying, you know, the Marines, a hero. The Marine is a good guy. He shouldn't be charged. I hope he gets freed. And counter protesters got ugly. And then here's what some of them had to say during the rally. Take a listen.
4: I feel like it's our duty to um, to be there and disrupt this
1: right-wing narrative um, that he's a hero who can now take justice into his old hands. So is that a right-wing narrative or is that an American narrative? Is that just a common sense narrative? They're labeling it like it's a right versus left. Shouldn't it be a safety versus a non-safety message? I mean, where are we going with this? Like, If you defend the Marine, you're a right-winger? I mean, what about if you defend the Marine, you'd like people to stay safe on the subway? I mean, shouldn't that be sort of the philosophy? Or, you know, nobody wanted this guy, certainly by any means, to die, Jordan Ely. It's tragic. But to be suddenly labeled a right winger because you actually have the audacity to want to defend the Marine? How is that fair? That just seems like a screw loose. And here is Bruce Blakeman. He is a Nassau, New York, Nassau County, New York executive. And this is what he had to say. About the Marine. He's the guy who put together the rally pro Daniel Penny. Take a listen. Daniel Penny is a Marine. He is a hero.
2: He is somebody that was a good Samaritan and jumped to the
1: cause of making this city a safer place. So is he a hero or is he a villain? And is it a right versus left? I never looked at it that way. I look at it as, you know, people who care about others and are worried, deeply concerned about safety. I don't know of a single person who's been on the New York subway of late and has said, oh, yeah, it's a paradise. I feel super safe here. I feel like it's, a, you know, uh Guam. I feel like it's a nice place not to worry about things. I don't think there's a lot of crime, you know, in there. Maybe there is. I haven't been to Guam. I've been to a lot of places, but I haven't been there. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Frank on line 7. Frank, your thoughts about all this?
7: How are you doing? Good evening. Yeah, I want to talk about Daniel Penny. I'm definitely on his side. Um, I think this is a case where it's an accidental death. It's kind of like when a boxer knocks out another boxer and then kills him accidentally. Um, there have been many many cases of that of boxes who died in the ring, and then the the, and the other boxer who killed him by accident he 's he, not he charged with murder, you know but the man went to the hospital and then the other he died it 's all it 's sort of like uh, with Alec Baldwin when he had, when he had the live bullet in the gun and he fired the gun he didn 't know he thought there was, there was a blank in the gun, yet he killed somebody, but he 's not a murderer you know so I think the medical examiner i think i think that medical examiner is terrible. He's the one who started all this by calling this a homicide. I think he should be cross-examined by the lawyers of Daniel Penny.
1: Although, although you know, it's interesting, Frank, um, and I've covered a lot of legal cases. I'm not an attorney, but I've covered a lot of legal cases. When I saw that it was homicide, it didn't say to me, uh, homicide is, is more for medical examiners. It means you basically died at the hands of somebody else. It doesn't mean intent. It sounds bad. It sounds like it It means, oh, it was a, uh, you know, an outright murder. It just means that you die because of someone else. It doesn't determine guilt or not or intent or not. That's obviously. And in fact, you know, when he goes before the grand jury or the jury, whichever, you know, whichever happens in this case, um, if he goes before the grand jury, which likely is what would happen. um, And if Daniel Penny decides to testify before the grand jury. You know, they don't even need to spend a lot of time. uh, Were you there? Is this you? You know, sometimes it's like, I didn't do it. I wasn't there. There's no debate that he was there. There's no debate that he put the guy in what looks like clearly a chokehold. um, And he held him there. What he needs to say is, yes, he may have died at my hands, but... It was self-defense or there was no intent. Then that's when you get into where the eyewitnesses were saying the other thing I think is going to be pivotal are the 911 calls. Remember, there were a lot of 911 callers that called in and said, this is what we're seeing. They were contemporaneous. And that's why I think that they're very important to this case because they will have heard what was going on at the time. Uh, and didn't have time to reflect, didn't have time to get into the emotion, any of the politics that we're now hearing. And right away, if they were calling in and saying, uh you know oh there was this homeless guy who did this horrible thing and then this marine came out of nowhere and and saved us that obviously helps the marine or if they say something different that suddenly this marine was like uh it, i told him to stop uh things like that i mean there could be things that work against him too so i but i don't i don't blame the the determination's more of a of a uh technical term than a guilt term but but do you think he's going to get off in the end uh, frank in terms of daniel penny or do you think uh, he might serve some time. Where are your thoughts of where this is going? I
7: don't think he'll serve uh, much time. He'll probably uh, get off, but we'll see how uh, how close they, they'll do this. The trouble is, they it's uh, the the protesters that are against him. They want to be placated so bad, and this is really really terrible. The way this has been divided. Uh, I do want to say something about the, Daniel Penny. The way is he does remind me in some ways as uh, of Errol Flynn. The way he looks. Doesn't he look like Errol Flynn
4: in some way?
1: You know what? He does. You know what? I didn't, uh, obviously, uh, a little lighter hair. Uh, but you're right. He's, he's got a little, there's a little bit of that look to him. You, you know what? Gone with he the wind, like right? Hero. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a hero. He does look
7: like a hero.
1: Very nice. Hello? I, now I'm never going to look at, uh, the Marine the same way again because I like Errol Flynn. That's, that's very yeah. good. Very Thank good. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Interesting. Now let's go to Phil. Line five. Phil, your thoughts about all this.
8: Good evening, Rita. Two things. The first thing, very simply, is the law is the law. For the first time, probably, Alvin Bragg is doing the proper job. He is following the recommendations of jurisprudence and the law. Mr. Penny has been rightfully charged with manslaughter. Okay? The point is he can the, the, the lawyers complete bargain that down from second degree to third degree. And instead of serving years, he'll serve months, okay? He'll serve probably about a year, a year and a half at most. The, the the situation is this, very simply. You've got a city that's completely torn in half over the, of the Penny uh, Neely incident. If he does not do any kind of time, okay, there's a problem here because the city will go through a living hell for the next year and a half, two years, and a lot of people are going to get into trouble and a lot of people are going to get hurt. And it also also says that white people are bad. All right. The the point is I, I say this because Penny, he if it can be demonstrated that by his actions, that by negligence or what have you, it's not intentional, even though negligence, he took a life. A life has been taken. If he had resulted in crippling, let's say he had crippled Neely, he had paralyzed him or something, there probably may not be a charge. But A life was taken, and and so it must be done. The second, I I think he'll serve time. The second thing is, uh, I just wanted this personal from me to you. Uh, uh, Greg Kelly's show, Greg Kelly himself, had a whole dialogue about you. He said some very disparaging things about you, and I'm not going to say I agree or disagree with them. I'm still mulling them over. But he didn't like your interview with Cuomo. He kind of suggested you were weak and way off base.
1: Well, thank you for letting me know. We all have different opinions and, and I never mind people sharing different views. It's an emotional topic. There are some people who think that Greg Kelly should be, uh, uh not Greg Kelly, forgive me, Andrew Cuomo, uh, you know, should be, uh, nailed to the cross. Um, and, but I never mind people having different opinions about it all. And, you know, that's what life's about. We believe here in putting everybody's opinion on, and I think it's for the best, but thank you for your sweet words. You know, Phil, it does, you know, to me, people are very emotional about Andrew Cuomo in general. Um, you know, there are some people who, who said I was way too tough on him. You know, believe me, I've had a lot of people that said I was way too tough on him. And then I've had a lot of people, uh, you know, um, who said it was fair, and it was uh professional but fair and definitely tough but fair is sort of what I've heard uh from many people. And I feel like uh if you get all different opinions then you know you're doing okay. <laughs> but thank you, Phil. You you're you're very, very sweet. I disagree with you though, as the reason also by the way, uh in terms of what you were saying in terms of the chokehold, uh and and the fact that you feel that Daniel Neely uh, that he needs to spend some time to kind of placate the mob, if you will. And to me, I don't think, uh, that's a reason for charging. I, I know you're saying just to keep things calm, but that's not a reason why we should charge something. You know, we, Lady bl- Justice should be blind, you know, and it should not matter, um, what somebody, uh, you know, their skin color or politics of it. If somebody did something wrong, uh, the penalty and the crime and the charging should be appropriate. It should not be based on trying to placate the mob one way or the other, whichever way it is. And I would say that no matter, you know, what the politics of it are, it's important to keep it out. I'm sure you agree with that, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, but that is a sad testament to our justice system and certainly not the reason to charge someone. And Phil, thank you for your very sweet words to me. You know what? Uh, I knew that we would, you know, there. you never when you're talking with somebody, Andrew Cuomo, who's as polarizing as him, you're going to hear people on all sides. And that's what makes America great. 1-800-848-9222. The
0: Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Coming up after the break, we are going to talk about the guy that President Trump calls Ron DeSantis and he says he is surprised that Ron DeSantis has now officially thrown his name in to run for president and he has an uphill climb. He's done a good job uh, by many accounts in Florida. Not if you ask the NAACP, but he has done a good job by many people's account, but also is a lot of his success because of Donald Trump and will he turn into mincemeat like Jeb Bush and some of the others that tried to go up against Donald Trump? Remember 2016? 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Do you think he has a chance to get the GOP nomination because he's got to go through the biggest wall of all? And that is Donald Trump, who has a huge lead in the polls. Meantime, we we're talking about crime and of course Daniel Penny, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Mike. Line two, your thoughts about this, Mike.
9: Hello Rita. I I'll tell you the I'll tell you the truth. Uh every time that guy calls I have a headache for ten minutes. Which one? You know, Which one? Uh the guy who was sick. He was crying on the phone. He was sick and he's uh whatever Oh
1: stand. You know what you know what? You know what? I, I will tell you Mike I love you all, and I I definitely don't agree with Stan most of the time. Uh, But I I, I was happy that he was healthy. And, and and I knew he was healthy because he started arguing with me again. That's how I knew. Oh. So that made me happy. For that reason, he's healthy and he's back. So that's good.
9: Right. I was going to ask you. This is your show, right? Because you know when somebody like that dominates a conversation and elevates his voice. Hey, man, get, get your own show on the internet, really. That.
1: <laughs> well, that's why. After a while, I was like, okay. But you know what? It was, <laughs> it, it was the first time that we've heard Stan kind of battle back like he used to. So I thought oh. that's a sign that he's on a comeback, and I'm and I'm happy to hear that he's a nice man. And I'm happy
9: to hear yeah, that. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, um, it, it's great that the uh, county executive uh, had a rally in New York. I grew up in Nassau County. Okay. i even lived there for a while in West Isla, when my daughter was born. Um, I told friends and relatives for years if you're taking the train, the subway, don't get anywhere near the edge of the platform. Once the subway train pulls up, then you walk. Uh, that, that poor 35 year old lady. Um, and, and you know what? It, it, they have the rally, and now you got these disciples of of, of the racist Shopton, who I call. Uh, you know, it, it's really getting to the point of
1: being ridiculous. No, I hear you, Mike. It is, and it's getting so emotional. Mike, thanks so much.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support
1: Our Heroes. Human- And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story where we honor our veterans and their families. This one coming from Ellicott City, Maryland, uh, where a photo of then-Second Lieutenant Lou Shot, taken back in 1943, was displayed at a special ceremony in the last few days when now United States Marine Corps Colonel Lou Shott retired was awarded the Silver Star Medal and it was for his battlefield gallantry displayed during the Battle of Okinawa on June 20th, 1945. 102 years old veteran shot is the oldest ranking U.S. Marine Corps officer and he was awarded the Silver Star for his service during World War II in the Pacific. On June twentieth, 1945, Schott found himself in one of the last firefights of World War II against Imperial Japanese forces. And during the Battle of Okinawa, Schott assumed command of Able Company, 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, after his company commander was seriously wounded by machine gun fire. Tasked with assaulting a hill near the ruins of a castle, Schott personally re-encountered the enemy and went after enemy positions and came up with an alternative plan of attack that proved successful. How beautiful to see him receiving the silver star. That is the United States Armed Forces third highest military decoration for valor in combat. Beautiful, beautiful to see. And we love doing our support, our hero segment. Every night here on the Rita Cosby show. Well, we are talking about the former Marine who is facing second degree manslaughter charges after the chokehold death of Jordan Neely. What are your thoughts about that, guys? And anything else? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Russ. Uh, line one. Russ, your thoughts.
10: My wife thought you did a great job, and I haven't heard one woman criticize your interviewing skills. I mean, I was frustrated that Cuomo squirmed his way out of your questions, like the greasy rat that he is. But, you know, you did mention that he had no regrets. Cuomo had no regrets and showed no contrition. That's just like Dan Penny, because Dan Penny, who took the law into his own hands, would, quote, do it the same way again. And, you know, you mentioned Gone with the Wind. I I think that was... uh, Clark cable.
1: Yeah, I realize that by the way. I realize that afterwards. I'm I'm uh, yeah. I, I'm not as good on the the older films, but I have watched I realized it afterwards.
10: <laughs> yeah, Captain Blood and Robin Hood that's yeah. but you know, you got to keep this audience educated cuz they're lacking in a lot of
1: different ways. Oh, but, wait a minute. So who's lacking? Who's like who are you referring to lacking because you don't like it because what you think that Daniel Penny should be charged, and and by the way, thank you for your wife's kind words, because, yes. because my objective, by the way, was being fair, Russ, yeah. which is why I have everybody on the show, including you, um, <laughs> and, and Cuomo, who, yeah, he didn't answer a lot of the questions, uh, I think it's the New York Post has a story out tonight where it talks about him bobbing and weaving and all that stuff, but I did keep asking the questions a number of times, and I felt... I was fair but tough, and and that's the that's what we should do to all our politicians. Hold them to account, uh, but also let them explain. That's the yes. you know. But and sure. and, and, and uh, there's a lot of questions to ask him. Believe me, whether it's nursing homes or women or a lot of them, you know.
10: You were I, very tenacious, and I wish you'd ask him about the hit job he did on Scott Stringer, because we wouldn't have uh, Eric Adams if Scott Stringer was mayor. But you know, as far as people were kind of, you know. uh, I don't want to go into names. It's better not. But you know, as far as what the what Dan Pen- Penny looks like, did you notice he has a nose ring?
1: I remember seeing it in a shot that he did have a nose ring. He's a marine. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, by more? the way, by the way, he's a surfer guy too. So it sort of fits that whole. Mode, you know that that sort of surfer's got the surfer hair uh, that doesn't look at all like Errol Flynn. The face does, but not. I don't <laughs> well, see any just... Clark Gable or Errol Flynn in the hair. Yeah. But go ahead.
10: I mean, he looks like Jerry curls to me. But my wife says, yeah, at the yoga studio they have nose rings. But it doesn't make sense. A marine with a nose ring. He's a surfer. And then Curtis Lee was research and development uh, department came up with the fact that he was going to a health club on West 23rd Street in Chelsea with a pool. The only one I know is McBurney YMCA. So here we have a nose ring, McBurney YMCA. He joins the Navy, the Marines, and you don't hear from any girlfriends, is this guy a closet case? Is that what's going on? Wait,
1: wait, wait. So wait, wait. I love you, Ross. What is going on with you? First of all, two things I want to say. Uh, I like your wife because so far she's she's had a lot of logic of the two things you've said,
2: right? She really (laughs) likes you.
1: I like, go. Oh, I like her too. Yeah. I like her too. So one of these days, the two of us are going to take you out and try to like, like put some sense in you, all right? But, but what is what is? It? First of all, I have no idea of his sexuality, all right? I don't either. I, I didn't. By the way, I didn't even think about it until this moment, and really? now, now I'm thinking of Clark Gable. And <laughs> you're mulling a lot of thoughts in here, but, but what does that have to do with what he did on the subway or not on the subway?
10: Well, I'll tell you what. Because there's <laughs> I mean, a, a there's a total void. In his personal information, he came from a broken family. You know, his father was a, uh, a colonel in the state troopers. Nobody ever talks about. Actually, just- by
1: the way, hang on, Russ. I got to correct you because that is actually not true. There was a rumor that that was the case at first, and it turned out that that was not correct. There, were, there were reports that that was not correct. I, sometimes early reports, you know, they see a name and they connected it. So that's it's an understandable mistake. But my understanding is that is not correct. But go ahead.
10: Well, I see, I don't think you're correct about that. But but what it what it means is that they You know, it'd be a lot harder to hold this person up as a hero if he's a gay person. And so they don't want any personal information out about him. So, you know, they're going to hide him. He's totally hidden. We hear all about uh, Jordan Neely's family. And you know what? Elizabeth Gomes, you know, when you mentioned her, she was a true Christian. When you played that tape, I heard her say that even her assailant, she said she almost forgives her assailant because the assailant didn't realize that she would lose her eye, just like Daniel Penny didn't realize he would kill Jordan Jordan Neely, but because you're reckless and all they got to ask him, uh, Daniel Penny, did you know a chokehold can kill someone? And as soon as he says yes, guilty as charged.
1: Actually, actually not. Uh, Actually, it is, did you intend to kill him? And second of all, did you think that you were defending? Did you think he was about to kill other people? Because you are able to use force as a response if you think it's appropriate, that's where it gets into the appropriateness. Because t- was it was it was it was a correct response to what they deemed as the threat right. and what the it, threat
10: was? That's right. There was no deadly force. You can say I- I'm, I'll kill a mf'er or I'll kill you mfers. You also said Daniel Perry sh- Penny shouldn't spend the rest of his life behind bars. That's inaccurate. But Curtis Lee mentioned something very important. I,
1: it's of- not inaccurate. But go ahead.
10: A couple of Curtis Lee was said a couple of kidney punches to uh, Jordan Neely would have rendered him incapable of doing anything. But instead, the Marine took the cowardly way out and choked someone to Whoa, death. Oh,
1: Russ, it, it, Russ, it. Russ! Yeah. You know what? I and by the way, I don't yeah. think he intended. And that's where that's exactly. where if his plan was and and where I said Russ, where I I think a lot of this is going to come down to also witnesses because if there's some witness out there who said. Um, And that's a reliable witness. you got to vet them, too. But if there's some vet witness out there that says, oh, there's this guy on the train, and he was saying, uh, I'm going to kill this homeless guy because I can't stand him or something like, you know, that's a different scenario. By the way, if that's the case, then that is horrible. Then that is an outright murder. But... If by all accounts, we're hearing that people were scared to death that he was about to kill them, making comments about killing. And then the guy chimes in and decides to stop him and didn't think it was going. He thought that he had knocked him unconscious because he was putting him in like the recovery position and all that. So so I I think he's got a lot more in his defense at this point. And I continue to say, Russ, I love your your wife. She's great. And <laughs> you. Thank you. You're great. Thank you, Russ. Very, very much. Let's go to Norm. Norm, line seven, your thoughts, my friend.
11: Uh, hello, Rita. Uh okay. Uh I all I had to say was basically the the uh rally that was today with the Bruce Blakeman um had. Uh they were rallying. I mean, they were peaceful and uh and speaking, uh, uh, and and what you had on the other side was not a rally; you had a riot, and uh, uh, they actually forced him from speaking. Um, there, th- those are now. Were you down activists.
1: there? Were you down there, Norm?
11: I was not down there. I had some friends who went down there, and uh, they're professional activists. They're the same ones I see at pro-life rallies. The same ones I see at uh, you know opposing the the anti-mandate rallies way back when. They wear masks. Uh, they have professional signs. And they act violently. And I mean, you know, they they throw stuff, they curse, they do the same so, things, you know, no justice. I stuff.
1: gotta ask you, Norma. These are the paid, you believe, what, sort of like George Soros types? I mean, is that what yeah, we're talking this is, about?
11: This is, this is Antifa, this is Antifa and BLM, they're they're whatever. They're like, you know, they're paid by, you know, the, these organizations, like Soros's organization. They uh you know they act violently. they're not they're not there to change people's minds. they're there to mess stuff up and and cause a ruckus and the thank God the cops are there because if the cops aren't there they'd be you know they'd be assaulting people and uh which they i'm um, which I'm sure they tried to do and did because there was arrests i heard and the yes, arrests yeah they from. they well
1: they went after also you know and and you know I'm all for free speech of all different sides. But come on, they went after apparently uh, Bruce Blakeman, uh, the Nassau sure. County executive, good guy, and they were going after him. Basically, you know, uh, furious that anybody uh, was saying, you know, support uh, Daniel Penny. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, it, like just like you said, there, it seems to be these professional provocateurs that you have been talking mm-hmm. about, and and that's that's a big. Big, big concern. But, Norm, thank you, too, because you bring up a great point, because these are these organized, and I think we're going to see more of it as this definitely continues. Um, and, by the way, before we go, you guys, I want to get your thoughts, too, also on what you make of the fact that Ron DeSantis is now officially in the race. Um I want to play, this is Donald Trump, uh not that long ago. And remember, this is what he has called Ron DeSantis. This was sort of his firing shot to the bow. And he did this, by the way, of course, before DeSantis announced, which he did just a few hours ago, that he definitely is in the race. And Trump already over the last few months has been clearly sending a signal because everybody thought, okay, Ron DeSantis is going to be the guy who will be the tightest challenger to Trump. But if you look at the polls now, he is so far ahead, Donald Trump than Ron DeSantis. And clearly, I think, first of all, Trump is elevated all these different attacks on him and all the different like charges against him and trials against him. Every time it's like somebody else files a charge or, you know, a grand jury comes back from New York or wherever else. It's like, okay, he goes up another 10 points in the polls. I mean, he just continues to skyrocket. And so Donald Trump clearly saw what we all saw originally in the polls when it was a lot tighter. And in fact, in some polls, it even had Ron DeSantis a little bit higher in the polls. It depended, you know. But in most cases, you know, it was mano a mano. Now Donald Trump is so far ahead, and he has been doing a lot of swiping at Ron DeSantis for months. Who could forget this line of what he said about Ron DeSantis?
9: This
7: today, hear of DeSantis, the, the sanctimonious. I'm not a big fan of Mitt Romney. Lost his election.
1: And to be honest with you, Ron, reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. He reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. You know that that is not a compliment because he doesn't like Mitt Romney. They hate each other, Trump and Mitt Romney. And so when he heard that essentially Ron DeSantis was about to throw his name in the ring, he did it just a little bit ago with Elon Musk, uh, this is what Donald Trump had to say uh, with my buddy, Eric Bowling. Take a listen. What are your thoughts on DeSantis running? Well, I don't
9: know that he wants to run. No, I have a good relationship with Ron. I don't know that he wants to run. I haven't seen that. You're telling me something that I have not seen. So we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, if he did, he did. But, no, I was very responsible for him getting elected, as you know.
1: So Donald Trump feels that Ron DeSantis wouldn't be where he is. And, by the way, Donald Trump is correct because – Ron DeSantis was not doing well in his first race for governor. And it wasn't until Donald Trump went behind and backed then Ron DeSantis that he made it through. And then, of course, was elevated, you know, made it to the final round and became governor, as we know. So Donald Trump definitely has shepherded and helped Ron DeSantis big time. And you can see that Donald Trump really is angry that Ron that Ron DeSantis is in the race now. He is furious. He feels like he created Ron DeSantis, that Ron DeSantis owes him something, at least loyalty. And he also feels you can hear it in Donald Trump's voice. We've interviewed Donald Trump and in other interviews that he's done with others. He feels he has unfinished business. He is angry. He also sees what happened with the Durham report where there was this whole setup that was revealed, of course, uh, you know, against him, the sort of fake Russia hoax, all this other stuff. And he feels he also sees the country falling apart, open borders, economy, a whole bunch of stuff, and says, I want to come back and I want to fix these things. And he feels he's the guy to fix it. He's the one who said, you know, he can fix Russia, Ukraine in one minute. And he doesn't want anything that's in his path. I think he doesn't look at any of the others as viable challengers. He clearly is worried about Ron DeSantis. And he also feels that loyalty is important. And so this, to me, is the start of what's going to be an undoubtedly brutal primary season, because Ron DeSantis has tried to sort of not really take too many swipes at Trump. He's just started recently, and of course now he's full-fledged in the ring as a candidate. But this is really going to be the beginning, I think, of what's going to be really ugly. Remember in 2016 how Donald Trump really played for keeps. I mean, when he was going up against somebody, it was like, poom. boom. Uh, Jeb Bush, you know, you're, uh, sleepy, you know, you're boring. You're this, uh, Marco Rubio, you got your tiny hands, you know, remember all, small, uh, little Marco, remember? And then Ted Cruz, all the other claims about Ted Cruz and his father and everybody else. I mean, Donald Trump is going to throw everything at him and the kitchen sink. And you can bet he is going to be pulling no punches with Ron DeSantis. Donald Trump wants to go to the white house again. He feels it is his to have again. He wants to come in and finish the business that he feels uh wasn't accomplished in the first term, and he wants that second term to be able to do it. He wants to turn the country around. There are so many things, and he is going to already throw the mud big time at Ron DeSantis. He's already alluded that he's got, like, stuff in Ron DeSantis's background, that Ron has skeletons. Uh So buckle up, everybody. This is going to be one wild GOP primary season. And now that he feels he's got a real challenger, it's going to get really ugly right now. Trump is ahead, killing it in the polls. I mean, you look at it, he is so far ahead in the polls, but he also knows that things can swing. Things can happen. Some of the money donors are going to DeSantis, even though some are still, of course, with Trump too. So it's going to get really interesting. And if you thought it was spirited, this is just the beginning Look out, Ron DeSantis, any skeleton you have in your background, get ready. It's coming out tenfold by Donald Trump. What are your thoughts, everybody, on where this race is headed? 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back.
0: The Rita Cosby Show.
1: Well, Ron DeSanctimonious is in. But, boy, is it going to get ugly now between him and former President Trump. Here's a little bit of DeSantis making the announcement a little bit ago.
6: I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American
1: comeback. So can he beat Donald Trump? Can anybody beat Donald Trump on the GOP side? Uh, Donald Trump clearly is going to take the gloves off. And remember, he knows DeSantis well, but he feels this is his nomination and he doesn't want anybody to get in the way. So does DeSantis have a chance to beat Donald Trump? What are your thoughts about this? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra. Line two. Sandra, your thoughts. Oh, good evening, Rita. I have a few thoughts. Well, on on Ron DeSantis,
4: I have to say I was so looking forward to hearing him tonight. I was totally let down. First of all, what a stupid way to launch his announcement for presidency. I didn't even get to hear anything he said. I I would get little bits and pieces from the different shows that I watched. So that was a stupid, stupid, stupid idea, in my opinion, because I didn't know how to go on a space. I don't. know. So,
1: right. so I, I missed out. By the way, Sandra, I agree with you. I don't think it was the smartest. I think he thought like maybe he's being cool because he's announcing it on Twitter, um, and he did it with Elon Musk helping him to announce it. Now, Elon Musk, by the way, has made it clear that he's not supporting. Disney. He's not supporting anybody. I think he said at this point. Right. So, but uh-huh. but but like just like you said, he alienated it, and he did it from an audio perspective only. And and like you said, if you if you're not on Twitter, why would you not like do this full court press and do like, you know, you could have had everybody in the country on the networks do T V, do Twitter too, but don't just do Twitter. I agree with you.
4: So stupid. And then I wanted to comment on your interview with um Andrew Cromwell. He's very, very difficult to interview. I, I found that, you know, it was very hard. You did very well, by all means. But he's hard to control because he's almost like narcissistic. He just loves to talk about himself and how great he is and, and never wants to say that he did anything wrong. So it, it was a tough guy to interview, but you did it very well. And I have to say, Thank you. I listen to Greg. Oh, yes. I listen to Greg Kelly every day, Rita. I don't remember him saying anything negative about you. I don't I'm either, by the way.
1: Everything. By the way, I yeah. neither. not either. And, and yeah. Phil just brought it up. And And you know what? Um, and I, I don't think he did, but even if he did, I, uh, you know, people I are, he did. and I, I don't think, think he did so. either. He might have said something about Andrew Cuomo, cause I know he's not You're a right. Cuomo fan, you know, but, but, but even but still, no matter what, up. everybody, you know, I, I feel like people are so emotional about Cuomo. There are people who hate him, who feel like, you know, like, uh, you know, I didn't beat him up, uh, enough. And then there are other people who said that, you know, I left him bloodied and, and, uh, you know, crawling for mercy. You did it very well, very
4: very well. You handle—he's like I said—he's he's hard to handle because he, he doesn't let you talk. But you got in there all the time, and you kept—I think you did very well with him. Thank I, you. I, I, I will You're welcome. I wanted to say one more thing. Yeah, really Dan quick. Sandy. We got five seconds, real quick. Okay, three more incidents have happened since that man unfortunately died. You're and, right, and, and they are and, and they're all wishing
1: there was another Dan Penny there to help. You are right. They wish there was a Marine. Thank you, Sandra. Tomorrow night, Judge Janine. The
0: Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.